previously on Trust Me, I'm an Adventurer. I'm going to scramble up those rocks and try and get to the other side. It has four legs like a cat. It has some kind of weird appendages. They almost look like tentacles coming out of like where the ribcage would be. It is all made of brass. It looks not dissimilar to the odd chaotic architecture described under the Antarctic and at the Mountains of Madness. What would be the most notable building that you can see from where you are? The Central Spire, which looks a little bit like an elongated pyramid, but incredibly incredibly stretched out and tall and with incredibly smooth sides, almost as if it was machined in a way. Standing between you and your pile of rubble is the creature that you saw earlier. Your hammer sword lodges itself pretty deep into this thing's chest, and this thing just topples over into a, you know, into a lump of, of metal. head down the corridor and pretty much without incident you find yourselves back at the big pile of rubble that you'd somewhat dislodged when you first started down this this branch of the tunnel what do you do i'd like to scramble over it i'm gonna follow suit let's get up on top of this thing gildor you said first that you were gonna scramble over so you come down on the other side and pretty much as you splash into the the little bit of accumulated water that's on this side of it, something jumps out from the shadows at you. Ah! Findor, you have a little bit more warning, obviously, because you were coming down second and you're not caught as flat footed. You're stumbling down too, and you see the creature jump out from the shadows, but you don't have the opportunity to do anything before it leaps towards Geldor. And you both realize that this is the person that you were looking for. These are the same robes that you saw disappearing away from the from the encampment. Geldor, what do you do? I'd like to... Oh, that's tough because he's exactly what I was looking for. I'd like to get into a defensive stance and hopefully he doesn't attack. Uh, he is very much going to attack. He is lunging at you. Oh, dear. Um, I'd like to go into a defensive stance and attempt to cast something that I know a spell for. He got the drop on you. You didn't see him when, when you climbed down. So if you start and try and cast a spell, what's going to happen is he's going to get a, a clear swing at you. And, and you can do that. You know, you can you can kind of let oh, no. him get a strike in so that you can cast a spell immediately or you can try and, and do something defensive to get out of the way. I'd like to try and do something defensive. I'd like to cast a defense spell that will conjure a shield between us that will 
it, it won't really do anything other than sort of repel his attack. Uh, why don't you roll a defy danger int? Okay. And 11. Nice. So yeah, you instinctively throw up a quick shield and this thing lunges towards you and is knocked off to the side and it stumbles down in the corridor. So it's further away from both you and Findor. And what do either of you do? As he stumbles back, I want to rush up on him and I want to try to like tackle him, like get my body like around his body as he's um, uh, and restrain him as he's off balance. I think that's an excellent idea. Well, we'll find out. It could be a terrible idea. <laughs> so that sounds like you're triggering Defy Danger again. Defy Danger is really kind of a catch-all move in Dungeon World. So you'll, you'll find a lot of the things that you do have me saying, oh, that's Defy Danger. Uh, if you Defy Danger by powering through, roll plus strength. By getting out of the way or acting fast, roll plus dex. I'm going to leave it up to you because it sounds like it really could be either of those things if you want to try and restrain this thing. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Dax. It feels like a Dax. Go for it. Even though that's my worst stab. <laughs> that's fine. And what do we got? Nine. Nine. So on a seven through a nine, you stumble, hesitate, or flinch. The GM will offer you a worse outcome, a hard bargain, or Ooh. an ugly choice. I'm probably just going to stop talking about what the Defy Danger uh, levels are because I've been saying it an awful lot just in the few minutes that we've been recording the session. So yeah, you run over and you grab it. First thing that occurs to you when you get over there is that this thing stinks. You didn't smell it when you were up top, but oh my God, this has a stench to it. Like you just have never, ever smell up close. Gross. I will offer you the choice that you can either oh. not manage to grab a hold of it as you're you're recoiling from this smell or you can grab a hold of it and it'll be at a disadvantage but it'll still be able to make attacks like you won't get one arm when you try and restrain it i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna grab him and i'm gonna he's still gonna be able to make attacks but but i, I have a hold so of him. yeah you've got a hold of him and you pull away a little bit of the robe you know it tightens around the arm or it, it gets knocked back a little bit from its face this thing is not human or if it was human it's not alive anymore you really can't tell you've been around you've you've been adventuring for a very long time you've seen undead before and this kind of triggers that you think that this is is an undead creature but at the same time it doesn't look undead the way that you know undead but the smell certainly certainly seems like you know a dead body that's been doing something I'd like to attempt to, to conjure a binding around it to uh, restrain it. I know a spell for that. It's entirely possible that I'm not remembering the uh, unbreakable binding conjuring spell correctly, and I could be remembering the summoned snake conjuring. <laughs> Either way, it's going to wrap something rope-like around him. <laughs> Oh, man, that is the absolute best. So it's either a magical binding or snakes. Either way, it's going to wrap something that's sort of rope-like around him. Go for it. Rolling plus int. Yep. That's, that's just great. I am holding this guy. Rolling for a... Six. 
<laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm sorry, Findor. This is going to be one of those moments where people say, you know, the podcast really came into its own right here. But they were trying to fight the undead, and then all of a sudden they were fighting the snakes that they summoned. <laughs> I'm sorry. One thing I'd forgotten is the failed arcanist has a basic move called you only learn through failure. So whenever you roll a six or less for a move from this class, you mark two XP instead of one. Geldor, you can mark two points of experience. Woo! At least it was good for something. Yeah, so whenever you know a spell for this and don't, or whenever you arcane blitzkrieg, then you can mark an extra point of experience. I know a spell for that. On a six or less, describe an additional magical effect in addition to the first one that you wanted. You achieve both, but the GM will tell you how terribly wrong it goes in addition to whatever else they say. Your binding spell has become snakes. Findor, you feel a weird sensation as a very large, very smooth thing all of a sudden is wrapping around you and pulling you closer up against the creature that you have a hold of. And there is a snake around you. And Geldor, what, what is your additional magical effect? Um, the snakes are made of iron. Jesus. Snakes are made of iron, good lord. I didn't mean to! <laughs> this is just so fun. Findor, yeah, you, you realize that there's this snake wrapping its way around the two of you. It itself is smooth? And then when its head comes into view, you realize that it has a helmet on. It has a helmet and a couple of inches below its face, it's got two little tiny T-Rex arms. And it's holding a sword in one of them. Beldor, what did you do? I I was trying. uh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I could could try another spell. All right. right, I got to wiggle out of this thing. I won't try another spell. Well, you have the advantage in the fact that the thing that you're holding on to is really not paying attention to you anymore. You've never really seen an undead creature look dumbfounded before, but it looks dumbfounded right here. <laughs> so this thing has got the two of you pinned pretty well. What do uh, you do? I want to uh, I'm going to try to position uh my undead friend sort of in between me and the and the head of this snake, you know, whether that's like shifting my body around or whatever i just want to just sandwich in between us i'm going to draw my hammer sword and attempt to lop off the undead head the undead or the snake uh the the oh that's so tough Findor, which do you want me to try and lop the head off of the snake i'll try and the lop snake. the head off of the snake go ahead and roll hack and slash Plus strength. Oh boy, five. You run up to it and you take a swing at it. Completely miss. You just, you assume that this thing is really slow moving. Like for all you know about snakes, that's how snakes are. But this thing is pretty speedy. You swing your hammer sword down. You go right underneath it and it slashes you for one harm. As you stumble past it and it just whacks you with its little tiny sword. Oh. Adjusting my hit points. You're kind of in a good situation now, Findor, because you didn't manage to grab a hold of that undead very well. It also wants to get away from this snake, and it reaches over, and it gives the snake a pretty good slashing. 
with its one free hand. But you do realize as it's doing this that its hand is claws. Oh. It's got fingers that are, are halfway between talons and regular normal mortal fingers that the bone has been exposed and is is kind of chipped and shattered and sharp so it gives the snake a pretty nasty slash Um, yeah yeah, i'm gonna try to you know like unsheath my weapon in here and and just give it a good stab if i can it's not pinning you tightly enough that you can't get your sword out yeah go ahead and roll hack and slash give it a stab yes 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 Ugh, three. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is all my fault. Uh, mark a point of experience. It doesn't uh-huh. attack you in turn, but it constricts a little bit, and you'll take minus one forward for your next your next roll. What do the two of you do? Uh... I would like to attempt to melt the snakes. I am gonna try and be the Blitzkrieg train. Oh, no. I know a bunch of spells for that. All right, go ahead and roll it, Pleasant. Okay. Okay, here comes the spell train. I'm a Blitzkrieg engine. Seven! Hmm. Yeah, so on a seven through nine, your spells madly arc out of control. You deal two damage to one enemy within the near range, and the GM tells you an additional effect that your wild onslaught of magic has. The secondary magical effect is that you still had your sword out from the last time, and now your hammer sword is jammed for a little while. You arc out a whole bunch of energy, and it's gotten tripped up, so you'll have, you'll have, you know, minus one harm to attacks that you do for the rest of the scene. Findor, what are you doing? The undead, in the meantime, is just clawing at the snake still. Yeah, I think I'm stabbing away. I gotta, I gotta get this thing off me. Go ahead and roll hack and slash. Ten. Whoa! On a ten plus, at your option, you can do an additional point of damage, but you'll expose yourself to the enemy's attack, which you probably should go ahead and do because it's got you wrapped up. Yeah. So you're already Absolutely. exposed to the attack. Yeah, definitely. Plus one. You have a two harm tag on your sword, right? Yes. Yeah, you slash this thing and you slash it really good. You can feel the tension of the snake's body as it's wrapped around you kind of fade away. And before it even has a chance to drop to the ground, it just turns into some foul smelling smoke and disappears. In the process, you've lost your grip on the undead. He's still fairly close to you. He's slashing at where the smoke was, kind of realizing that it's gone. What do you do? I'm going to swing clear for his head. I'm going to try and take it right off his body. Go ahead and roll hack and slash. Uh, Six. Mark point of experience. Yes. And so you swing. You completely miss him. He gets a chance to swing at you in return. He He had just realized that the snake was gone and saw you coming. And he's like, well, I'm not done clawing yet. Rakes you on the arm for two harm. Wow. I got these claws. I'm going to use them. Geldor, what do you do? I am going to, despite the fact that it's jammed, I'm going to swing my hammer sword at it just like a normal weapon in an attempt to lop its head off as well. Man, this is really a, uh, this is really a game about lopping heads off. Seems like the thing to do. All right, go ahead and swing. Or go ahead and roll. And... <laughs> 
All right. Yeah. You swing completely wide. You're so used to this thing clearing out a path in front of you as it arcs that you, you know, you just swing your sword and like, oh, that's right. I have to compensate for that. And this thing gets a, a good two harm claw at you, too. <laughs> but as it sees the two of you there, reassesses the situation and it claws at you and then turns and hightails down the tunnel. I give chase. I also give chase. All right. So you follow it for a little while. It's it's moving about the speed that you would expect a normal human to move. It's not it's not quick but it's not shambling the way a lot of undead that you've, you've encountered in the past are. And it runs down this straight branch of the tunnel for a really, really long time. You probably, you probably sprint not a, a huge distance. So let's just say you go on for, for a while. And you chase it down this tunnel for a while, and eventually it veers off into a side tunnel and up another, just kind of zigzags really fast grabs a hold of some rungs and goes up through another another exit. Okay. Is it does it get All out right. the exit? Yes. Or is it just headed for it? Ah. Oh, drack. It puts on a burst of speed right there at the end. So it scurries up it and is out of the way pretty quickly. Okay, Geldor, you uh you first. I race up the ladder. Uh. Thank you for listening to trust me. I'm an adventurer. Here's a moment to take a few words from our sponsors. Well, hey there, weary travelers. If you're ever in debt and looking to defend yourself or attack someone, make sure to swing in to Swingy Joe's sword. He sure does help you swing a sword, and they sure will kill someone. So buy one and kill someone with a sword. So you come up the ladder and you can see it in the distance. It's moving faster now than it was when it was in the tunnels. Findor, are you coming up after him or are you standing guard down there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to follow. I am going to attempt to cast a spell to bind its leg. Before you even have the chance, you realize that you are in the ruins now. The buildings that you saw from the opening on the other side of the sewers you are in surrounded by them now. Uh, go ahead and uh, roll plus int to cast a spell if you still want to try and bind its legs. I do. I want to. I'm upset with this thing. <laughs> a four. What would be your additional magical effect? It's a binding. And I remembered how to avoid the snakes. But I didn't remember how to avoid the slight electrical charge. So let's see. Now I have to describe how those things go terribly wrong. <laughs> you cast your spell and you don't remember how to avoid the nasty electrical effects. You see this thing. It's running as fast as it can, which is remarkably fast considering what it was like in the in the tunnels. All of a sudden it stops frozen solid. It looks like you see its robes kind of almost look like they're pressed tightly up against his body. They're robes, so they were kind of flowing behind him. And then all of a sudden, it's it's more tightly wrapped up around him. And then you see electricity start to arc in a, a shell around him. And then all of a sudden, this binding spell is shrinking on him really fast. And there's a whole bunch of electricity, and he explodes. Oh! Fortunate that you weren't chasing after him at that point. Whoa! There's oh. undead viscera 
in a big circle around it. This is the grossest thing you've seen in quite some time. Well, I I guess I stopped him from running. Well, Geldor, uh, how exactly? Uh, I, well, if you don't mind me asking, now are we supposed to get the information out, out of that? In theory, I could scoop it into a jar and attempt to reanimate yeah, yeah. the brain enough for it to us. But it also runs the risk of simply exploding again. <sighs> no, I don't think that will be necessary. I'm going to use deductive augury. Let's do that. One of the big things with Dungeon World is to do it, do it. So describe to me how you go about doing some deductive magic on this thing. Well, I'm going to go to the to the sort of last spot, and I'm going to inspect the uh, the remains, poke it around with my shoe, uh, get a little of the goop on my fingers and smell it, and I'm going to try to just glean any information I can from this pile of what remains. Deductive augury. When you have gathered clues about a subject, roll plus int. I'm going to say take plus one if you have an item that belongs to the subject and you have gunk from the subject's body before it exploded. Think that counts? I have the subject. <laughs> so on a 10 plus, you can make up to two assertions in regard to the subject that can be either true or untrue. If you do, I will tell you if your assertions are true or untrue. And on a seven through nine, you can make one. So go ahead and roll plus int plus one. That's going to be an 11. So you can make up to two assertions, and I will tell you if they are true or untrue. I am uh, going to say that based upon the consistency of this goop, that this thing was once human. And I'm oh, also going to say that... Those are good assertations. or she, it, no longer has a free will of its own. Your assertion that it was once human is true. It once was. And its assertion that it does no longer does not any longer have free will is untrue. It was pretty much autonomous. Oh. It had someone that was directing it pretty well. But it could it was it could do as it pleased. Okay. Very well. And I flick the glue well. off my hands and sort of wipe it on my jeans, my pants. I'm curious as to where it was going, but I'm also not sure I want to go on our own. But I also don't remember how to get back. So I take notice of the, the, you know, the ruins around me and sort of checking them out. Is there anything that I can see, discern, you know, that looks, you know, like particularly interesting? Any structures that seem intact or... So all of the buildings in the area look intact. Kind of surprises you because they, you know, it's called the Cold Ruins. When you get here, you realize that a lot of this looks more abandoned than actually ruined. And there's a lot of decay that comes. It's been centuries since anyone's been here. But for the most part, things are very much intact. If you want to take some time to really study everything, you could roll at CERN Realities and you get to ask questions that I have to answer truthfully. I would love to do that. I'm going to discern realities. Findor, does this entire place feel as uneasy and foreboding to you? Oh, most certainly. So discern realities. When you closely study a situation or person, roll plus whiz. On a 10 plus, you can ask me three questions. On a 7 through 9, you can ask one, and you'll take plus one forward when acting on the answers. 
questions are what happened here recently? What is about to happen? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who's really in control here? And what here is not what it appears to be? So go ahead and roll plus whiz. Five. So go ahead and mark a point of experience, but you don't get any questions. May I also discern reality? Go for it. And I also got a five. Gosh, we're such great investigators, Spindor. <laughs> That's why they pay us so much. Neither of you actually get to ask any questions, but as you're, you're doing your team investigative work, you wander around the area a little bit and you turn a corner and you see a statue in front of you. When you look at it, you can see it. The second you look away, the second you blink, the second your eyes twitch in another direction, you can no longer remember what the thing in front of you looks like. But the knowledge of what it is stays with you. If you're looking away from it, you know what that statue is, but you cannot picture that statue in your head anymore. You feel a massive, overwhelming sense of dread. This is a statue of Tarjan, the mad god, the god that broke the world. Oh, Findor, I don't think we're supposed to be here. I don't want to be near that statue anymore. Well, what do you plan to do about that? You're strangely drawn to it. I want to inspect it. What exactly are you doing? Yes, I as I as I experience this phenomenon where I, you know, l look away and it sort of dissolves out of my mind's eye. I find that very very troubling. So I wanna, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna sit before it and I'm gonna pull out, you know, like my my little notebook and a pencil and I'm, I'm gonna sketch it. I'm gonna draw this, this thing, so I can. I can see it while looking away. And that's how I'm going to study it. I'm going to study its like intricacies. Okay. So that sounds a little bit like your meditation move. Meditation is when you take a moment to sit still and reflect, roll plus wisdom. On a 10 plus, you may ask me one question as the secrets of the universe present themselves to you in a simple sign. On a 7 through a 9, choose one of a bunch of effects that I'm not going to bother to read off unless you actually get a 7 through 9. So yeah, you're kind of sitting in. You're sitting in study on this thing, and it's it's difficult to draw because you have to you have to draw blind. The second you glance down at your paper, you can't remember what it was you were about to sketch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This this is really a process, but as you as you sit and think on it and tr try and merge your mind and body together to properly get a sketch of this thing, you start doing your your meditative kind of thing. So go ahead and roll plus whiz. Eight on a seven through a nine. Choose one. You have been pondering for so long that all of your allies have slumbered off and the party must make camp. However, in this downtime, I can make two Game Master moves. You have starved your body for too long as you contemplated life and must consume three rations next time you make camp instead of one. And you count the penalty from I'm not getting any younger, which is another move of yours, as minus two instead of minus one uh, until you've had an extended rest of an hour or so. Or... As the universe opens up to you, so does horrible truths that lurk amongst the darkest places in reality. You cannot speak as only failing murmurs escape your lips until you've had an extended rest of an hour or so. You also cannot cast spells during that time, which you can't cast spells anyway, so. Uh, I'm obviously going with horrible truths of the universe. <laughs> horrible truths, horrible truths. You're looking up at the statue and 
you're just staring at it as you're trying to sketch. And the more you stare at it, just looking into the face of Tarjan is unsettling, even when you do it for a moment. And as you you put this effort into studying him, into trying to commit all of his features to memory, you start to experience something. You almost can see this city come alive around you. It's one of those things that if you if you glance away from the statue and look at it, it looks like the ruins, like you're expecting. But when you're seeing it off to the side, when you're seeing it in your periphery, it almost feels like it's not as cold as it actually is. You can see people moving about. You can see things that aren't people. They don't line up to anything you really know. They are vaguely humanoid, but they're not human. They're not any species that you're familiar with. They look, they look similar to the dog that you fought in the tunnels. Kind of metallic. Kind of look like maybe they have some stone built into them. You really can't figure out exactly what they are. And then you realize that sometimes the people that you see can't see these things. You know, you can only see this out of your periphery, so you can't get a really good handle on what it is you're seeing. These things, people look at them and look right, right straight through them. And slowly you start to feel, you start to feel some kind of odd connection between all of them. All of these things, these metallic and stone things you realize you can almost feel some kind of bond that permeates all of them towards that central spire. Once you can feel those bonds tugging at all of them, you can feel all of the bonds tugging towards the central spire. And something is, something is there. Something was there. All of these things that the people that are milling around for the most part don't seem to be able to see, they're all connected to it. Whatever is in that spire filled this city and it's just something very commonplace for the people they either physically can't see these things or they just don't acknowledge them because they're so common you can't quite tell just that feeling that ever-present indomitable sense that everything that happens here is known everything that happens here is is connected to that spire in a way that you can't really put your finger on you're disturbed to a degree that you just can't, you can't function the way that you should. Well, I am horrified. I sort of, uh, uh... Gendor! I, am. Uh, What's wrong? I don't know, I, I like, stand up slowly and kind of back away from the statue, and I, I just, um, I, I look at Geldor and I, and I shove my, my book into his hands. And he sees, you know, my, my drawing, which kind of amounts to, um, I guess, lines that don't actually connect to make any discernible shape. And I say nothing. So I feel like I should probably go make a small camp for Findor and I to wait for his recovery. Okay, so are you going to actually make camp? It's getting towards evening. Or are you just going to hang out with him for a little while while he gets himself figured out? Hmm. I think it would be more prudent to have him figure himself out, and then we can pick a proper location to camp. Okay. Because I, I can tell you right now that you could make camp here. It looks to be, you know, fairly clear of anything nefarious. You're probably not going to get too awful much sleep right in the shadow of Tarjan. Oh, no, no, no. I would much rather 
find a secure location that we could, you, you know, barricade doors in or something to that effect. While you are, you're hanging out, you're just, you're just kind of hanging around. Geldor, what are you doing to fill up the time while Findor sorts his head out? I feel as though I should probably eat some rations, because we've been on the road for a while. Maybe have a nice little sip of my brown stuff. And um, practice some practice some small spells. You're working through the spells that you're familiar with and the concepts. You're trying to make sure you don't have a repeat of the snake incident from a from a little while ago. One fish, two fish, crawfish, new fish. You're there. You're making some gestures with your hands. You're moving about a little bit. Just as you finish a spell, you've made the last gesture. You've spoken the last syllable of the incantation you move your head and you find your yourself facing directly towards the statue and unbidden an extra syllable of the spell slips out something that you're not even really sure what you said this statue is is definitely having a weird effect on on everyone everything around just for a moment the spell that you were you were attempting to practice doesn't happen you get a feeling like you don't feel like yourself, but you start to feel that whoever it is that you feel like is feeling something, something being taken away from them. And then it's gone. Uh, and that's the only thing of note that really happens in that span of time. Findor, after <sighs> after the sun's moved <sighs> a little bit in the sky and Geldor's helped you to some place where you don't have to look at the statue anymore. What the hell's going on here? you slowly start to, to feel more like yourself. And you're just left with some profound feeling that these are ruins and something bad happened to cause them to fall into ruin. But even before that, this wasn't a good place. Something, something very fundamentally bad had happened here. I, I, I sort of stand and, and, you know, I'm a little shaky, so I, like, lean against, you know, the, uh, the wall to, like, get up and sort of look, you know, across the ruins at the spire in the distance, and I point and I say, the spire, we have to go to the spire.